1: Good afternoon and welcome to a yet another episode of never punt comma never parlay your favorite Tuesday afternoon college football show that makes picks and plays all weekend I'm your host uh, for the weekend ahead sorry uh, I'm your host Parker Fleming here uh, with my friend and my colleague Douglas Farmer Douglas four and two week in week one not feeling too shabby about it how you doing man. I'm doing real
0: well. I, I really like the 4 and 2 because I feel like process met results. I don't think we were ever going to do better than 4 and 2. I'm not sure we won the four we should have won, but 4 and 2 was the right result for us last week and that I, you know I would rather we go 6 and 0, oh, but as long as as long as we're coming out as we should overall, I'm always going to feel pretty good about it. Process met results last week.
1: Absolutely. Calling that 3G5 low-hanging fruit for us right there. And you with a really sharp UNC play and then UCLA is just they just played Garber's a little too long. That's really that's not our fault. That's a good process, bad result. And Clemson, uh, I'm sure we'll talk about um, yeah, please.
0: It might have been the right play. It might it might people are thinking it might have been the right play.
1: I yeah, I don't I don't know what to think about Clemson. Um, let's actually start there with a little recap. I think that's okay. Clemson got beat by Duke. Clemson, again, goes into the red zone again. Douglas, I think we have a new definition for what Clemsoning is. It means moving the ball 75 yards and then pulling your pants down and falling down. Uh, Clemson just absolutely I, cannot do anything in the red zone.
0: I'm looking forward to maybe this week, maybe in a month, you developing a stat that instead of calling the anti-echo, you'll just call it a some version of Clemson shade.
1: because It's, <laughs> it's going to be dabbo. you <laughs> just get
0: inside the forty. They got, and they just get inside the 40. They got inside the 10. They got inside the four. And we see those plays maybe three times a year. We see them, and it it comes to mind, was it Arkansas and and Texas A&M last year? 98-yard fumble. But you don't see it over and over and over again inside the three-yard line. I'm not saying Clemson was the right play. 13, 12-and-a-half was always not going to happen, but Clemson, you should have won that football game. Yeah.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely left on the table there. And funny that we talked about in terms of handicapping and looking forward, what we talked about all off season is if Clemson can limit those negative plays that they had those head scratchers last year. And buddy, it looks like maybe that's contagious at Clemson. So we'll see how they do it. Uh, is Duke for real? That's the question I have for you uh, about that one.
0: Um, Define for like, is Duke for real? Define for real. It's, uh, is Duke going to win nine games again? No. Is Duke, Gonna make even just, more noise in the ACC than last night, yes. I again Clemson should have won, like, I don't think Clemson should have covered Clemson, should have won. So, when you think about it that way, it gets to be Duke bowl game, absolutely. Duke eight wins. I don't have the schedule in front of me, but I'm willing to take that thought. Duke more than that, Duke ACC title contender. We might be out over our skis still. That was a very nice week one showing by Mike Elko, very nice week one showing by Riley Leonard. Let's, let's temper it all beyond
1: that. Yeah. I'm calling Duke uh, perpetually annoying. I think this year, they're going to be very annoying as an underdog, certainly to watch in certain spots, mobile quarterback, Riley Leonard is great. Um, moving around the country and getting a couple of these other games that happened. Uh, so Florida is a great reminder that stay things can always ACC. get worse. Stay in the Oh, stay in the ACC too. Yeah. Um, I think we can go to North Carolina first. Um, Do we have to apologize? Is North Carolina's defensive coordinator due an apology from us yet? I I don't know what you're talking
0: about. You you can't. I've cleared the Twitter history. You can't prove a thing. I have always been a believer. I'm not a believer yet. (laughs) I'm not. North Carolina's defense Uh, is very good, but South Carolina's offense might just be bad. South Carolina's offense. Yeah, I think that we we knew their running
1: game was going to be rough. Um and uh we knew the running game is gonna be rough and we knew that offensive line We I mean, what like 13 pressures or something for UNC. Uh okay, yeah, just an absurd. It, it's not yeah. I
0: that's North Carolina played better. Uh I'm not gonna say the name yet because I don't want to incur the wrath I've probably deserved. But South Carolina's offense might just be a problem. And we will see that in the long run. That the North Carolina offense we always expected, but other than that, I don't know. I'm not willing to commit to it.
1: Yeah, I don't. I don't know. We'll we'll see. Uh, but doesn't really change my. I I still like that under eight and a half. I wanted this one for an eight and a half, but I'm okay without it. One um, day. You. Uh, let, let's talk about Florida and and them being a reminder that um, it can always get worse. Uh, I think Utah went in there with a very strong identity. Florida's offense still doesn't have an identity, and Utah just bullied them again. I think. I mean, Utah should have won the game last year. Arguably, uh, rough rough scene for Florida.
0: We're going to come back to Utah when we briefly touch on our futures. Uh, Utah made me look smart, made me look weeks of smart of saying Utah is getting undervalued here. And I appreciate that from Kyle Willingham and company. We'll see if can carry forward this week at Baylor when they're six and a half, seven point favorites. But Utah really dominated Florida. I know some Wisconsin fans. I'm from Wisconsin originally. And I think the joke was, because everybody was watching that game, Thursday night, television, everybody was watching. They were getting some grand merch PTSD, but it was like almost comforting because it was no longer their problem. Florida's going to have some issues this year. I'm, uh, while I'm skeptical of South Carolina's offensive line, I'm skeptical of everything Florida, which is just setting up the, the world for Georgia and Tennessee all over again.
1: Yeah, we might be talking about a fade Florida situation. Uh, that's certainly on my radar. I don't think I'm there yet, but it's certainly on my radar. Um, We've got,
0: we've got some comments. We've got some comments. Oh. We're saying fade Florida right now. They're saying fire Billy Napier right now. That might be aggressive. Uh, I understand the consternation that might be aggressive. I think this is week one of year two for him. Give it a build, give it a
1: build. Yeah. I mean, with the transfer portal year zero really doesn't exist anymore, but uh, I do. I don't think we're talking about it now. I am thinking if they're not better, at the end of the season than they are right now which yes. low bar but it can always get worse if they're not better at the end of the season then what we're going to be talking about is how dramatic is this roster turnover going to have to be this offseason for it to work uh, that's that's the question you're looking he at it look. hmm.
0: he needs to just look at Florida State
1: I, I mean he needs to not lose battles with them uh, I think it's harder when Florida State and Miami are on an upswing but uh, yeah it's 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 gonna be hard I think it's also very important to say with Florida State, um, who is is good, even if I think they overperformed. LSU had three drives where they converted on, failed on downs. They should have gotten some points. I think that game was a little closer than it looked. But uh, Florida State wanted to fire Norvell. They couldn't afford it, and they had to stick with him. And that was kind of like a, a blessing in disguise that they were able to, they, they got forced patience. They don't get credit for that patience. They were broke. But Norvell dug out of an offensive line hole. That's so hard, especially because the timelines do not align, do not align. Um, yeah, so I, I think Florida State is is very very good. I think if they played Clemson this week, I would take Florida State. I don't know what your number is on that, but I, I'd be very inclined towards Florida State being maybe a three point dog at Clemson right now. Um, but yeah, I believe
0: I saw some look ahead lines of Florida State being a three point favorite.
1: Ooh, mm-hmm, don't like that. Okay, not as fun. Not as fun for me as a look ahead there. Um, reviewing a well, couple. we other- also
0: touch on touch on our plays uh you had two plays come in like I said process met results we won four games we should have won four games I'm not sure you deserve to get both Liberty and Western Kentucky both got you those covers in the final three minutes they didn't need to score again I'm happy for you I'm happy for us but let's acknowledge you got a little bit of front door cover there and, and at some point that will bite us in the keister moving forward
1: Okay, but here's I'm going to disagree with you on Liberty. Liberty was up 24 to nothing and then started getting weird because they wanted to see what they had, and we're trying to figure out that offense, and they're installing the Jamie Chadwell offense. So 24 to nothing lead, and then did enough at the end to to make things happen. Got the late field goal. Um, there to, to, to really pull that out. So Liberty, I'll disagree with Western Kentucky. I will say nonsense. Absolutely nonsense. Can't even tell that as part of my record. Uh, they got, they got a late touchdown. They had no business getting, I turned it off. I thought the bet was done. Turned it off. Said, dang it Hilltoppers. And they still, they still got me there. So, um, they did have it again in my defense. They did have an injured wide receiver um, halfway through that I think in the first half really messed with them. In the second half, certainly much better. But, uh, yeah, the fumble return for the cover is not something that I can uh, toot my (laughs) horn about there.
0: I enjoyed getting a text from you. I'm in Marcus Freeman's press conference, and I get a text from you rejoicing about it. I go, I haven't checked the score. What did did I miss? (laughs) Garbage. Just a total nonsense cover. All right, good to know. Glad we got there.
1: (laughs) Yep, yep. Uh, Louisiana Tech is bad. I never had to sweat bad.
0: SMU. I did not have to sweat have SMU to. because Louisiana Tech is bad. Are you starting to worry yet that you're going to owe me a beer? Because UTEP is not – UTEP might be a game back in conference standings, but UTEP looks competent, and Louisiana Tech was down 31-0 at halftime.
1: Yes, but SMU is not in their conference, so quality of possession there. I think SMU is pretty good. We talked about an SMU future for the AAC and over nine, so different caliber of team. Two, the – the injuries are gonna settle on defense. They're gonna get some of those guys back. It's gonna be a little bit better. Right now, they're just dilapidated and uh depleted. And uh I I I think that I think that there's optimism for fixing a little bit of that defense. Uh again, you just have to be better than UTEP. That's a very low bar to clear. Uh,
0: it's not that low of a bar. You're gonna owe me a beer. <laughs> now, before we start moving forward, uh, there was one other game this weekend that got some attention. It was uh oh shoot, it was a, it was an early game on Saturday. Um, I forget who. TCU played. Um, who was who? Who am I trying to remember? Who was it that we should at least acknowledge had a heck of a debut? Uh,
1: the the fighting uh, the fighting primes out there in uh, in Boulder, Colorado. Uh, a, a great, um, yeah, really interesting game. I watched I watch all of it, and I will point out. Uh, shout out to Coach Prime for wearing a hoodie coaching in Fort Worth, Texas at eleven a.m. Uh, in, in September, um, just absolute, uh, uh, temperature fortitude there. Um, I can't imagine as a big guy myself, you guys can see me. I couldn't fathom that. I think I would literally die wearing a hoodie in, in Texas in September. Um, but yeah, I really, uh, an interesting game, great way to debut. I mean, you can't script it better for Colorado, uh, Colorado, excuse me. I do believe that that game probably should have been TCU by a couple scores. TCU, a couple red zone turnovers. They did the classic, um, uh offensive, you know, the 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 red zone ineptitude that is associated with their current offensive coordinator is there for a reason. Um and they had a couple bad breaks. Um and I I think that TC's defense is not great, but um it, it probably should have been the other direction. So I'm not necessarily on the Colorado is the best offense ever. I think TC's defense is pretty bad and they got some good breaks, but what's any what what's all you can hope for as a team, you know, not even from a betting sense, but just generally can I hope to be good enough and then get some breaks. Tits what TCU did last year to get to the national championship. So um, really, really good. Uh, I like that they had four guys that went over hundred yards, all had higher than three yards per route run, really versatile offense. Sean Lewis is absolutely a wizard. I loved Kent state and I loved his offenses. He made Dustin Crum look like a God. Uh, and so I think that there's a lot there that um, is going to be uh, interesting on the offensive side, the defense, a lot, 7.7 yards per carry. Uh, I think Nebraska's going to be able to run over him, dude. Uh, I don't know we're talking about um, that game, um, but uh, ooh, I think they're going to be able to run over him.
0: I have a similar thought there with Nebraska. Neither one of us are playing it this week, but Nebraska's defense, well, Minnesota's heading toward an offensive cliff, but Nebraska's defense held them in check, and this Colorado height might hit a, a quick bump. You don't believe yet in Coach Prime, and I don't either. They're going to be better than expected, much like Duke, but... They're also I don't I don't see Colorado going to a bowl game yet. Let's just say that. I see this team is still yeah. five 7 ceiling.
1: Yeah, yeah, I, I, I need to, want to see to bring a little bit more Parker. for the defense.
0: There we go. The
1: biggest pro football contests in Vegas are back and bigger than ever with $14 million in guaranteed prizes only at Circa Sports. Enter Nevada, play from anywhere. Two ways to win and no rate. Play circa million, where you make five picks against the spread each week with a hundred percent payback. Or join Circus Survivor, where you select one team each week straight up. Last the longest to win it all. 14 million in guaranteed prizes. Visit circusports.com for details.
0: One Pac 12 team with an excellent defense, we mentioned earlier. We should talk about our futures and. We shared, in a way, uh, a Utah future that took a huge boost this weekend. Utah winning that game was very promising. Utah winning that game in the way it did was very promising. Before the year, you got Utah to win the Pac-12 at 7-1 to from Circa. And I got Utah to win the national championship at 125-1. to Via Circa, Circa is very generous, as we all know. Cue the ad read Circa is very generous, they give out 14 million dollars in guaranteed prizes in NFL competitions. And I need to emphasize that today because this the signups end September 9th, which what that's that's next weekend, that's Saturday. Signups end 2 p.m. Pacific time, Saturday. You have to get out to, uh, to Nevada and sign up in a Circa Sports to join the Circa Million the fifth year of it, there are $6 million in guaranteed prizes to the Circa million or the Circa survivor where there are $8 million in guaranteed prizes. Circa is that generous. The $14 million in guaranteed prizes on those two NFL competitions sign up ends this Saturday. Similarly, Circa was that generous with their Utah futures and now what was 125 to one before the season is already down to 45 to one at circa. What was seven to one to win the big uh, pack. 12 is down to five to one at circa, just based on the way they beat Florida. That is very encouraging for you and me. You can get better numbers, a, a book you and I often espouse for their better numbers. Bet Rivers has those at 80 to one and plus 650, respectively. But boy, our Utah futures look smart, real smart, right out of the gates. And now they got to go to Baylor. And again, that's out of conference. So we have some grace period, but if they win there, those numbers are going to fall even further.
1: Yeah, that, that uh, Pac-12 championship, I, you might, if they beat, or it's not, not Pac-12 championship, excuse me, uh, uh, CFP, if they beat Baylor, yeah. you got to start thinking about cashing out, right? Like, I mean, it's, uh, no. uh, yeah, it's going to be no. pretty good. No. No.
0: <laughs> and our um, on the players, other side uh, of things, played, yeah, yeah. We played Big Ten West. Uh, I played Big Ten West. You played Big Ten. You can't lose the Minnesota. You can't lose a game you should have won. That hurts.
1: Brutal. Absolutely brutal. I think I tweeted right before that last drive. This is, is this the drive that's gonna define the Matt Rule era. And they threw an interception and uh and and lost there. So rough for Nebraska. Did like some things I saw out of them. Gotta get the bugs out of there. I know that um I know that Jeff Sims is Jeff Sims, but I think that Matt Rule could do, do you know Jeff Sims things with him. He was fun at times at, at George Tech, so be interesting to see kind of how they level again. It's year one for Matt Rule. The name of the game is optimism. Again, can they be better uh, at the end of the season than the beginning of the season? And that defense, I think, is is pretty good. I mean, Minnesota historically pretty stout against Theron and Nebraska um, was 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 able to kind of thwart them. Um, and so, yeah, I don't, I, I, I I'm not in love with what happened for Nebraska odds wise, but in terms of looking at them as a game line, I'm, I'm a little bit more intrigued as someone who's going to be able to keep things close this year.
0: Then uh, then Parker, uh, before, before we ask you a, a worrying question, I want to go with an upbeat because we have another comment and it's a tough question. Any futures you would consider adding after week one, I will admit, I was sitting in an airport Saturday, uh, Sunday, and I picked up a touch of Wisconsin to win the big 10. I think I already had a little bit of that. I added to it. Other than that, I'm not sure anything leaps out to me, Charles. This is a great question. I hadn't considered it. Um, is there anything Parker, Florida state ACC?
1: <laughs> um, yeah, nothing, nothing's really changed for me. Um, I wonder what I could do like with like an NC UNC to win. I, I haven't done the math right now. I haven't looked at that. Um, could I look at like a UNC ACC championship or something to maybe hedge out of this eight and a half that looks like I'm going to be in a bad situation? Uh, that that would be the only thing that I would look at. But no, I don't have anything. After week one, nothing moves so dramatically. I think Wisconsin was quietly a good one. Um, and uh, yeah, because I already have Texas State over, already have Colorado State over. Uh, and so, well. Uh, but uh, but yeah, so so I don't I don't think anything kind of changed uh, in my mind there.
0: Did Colorado State spark any Mountain West for you this week? Losing what was it now fifty to twenty four at home against Washington State was not the greatest of looks.
1: No, wasn't okay. wasn't great, and don't want to write it off. They, they 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 I I I was counting that game as winnable when they. When, when I was looking at my um, scores, clearly not. They were clearly outclassed veteran quarterback at a, at a, at a P five school. Um, they put in the backup after Millen through an interception um, and, uh, and just kind of got weird. And Norvell was like, what are we going to do here? Uh, I'm trusting the process. I think there's enough Mountain West wins to make four and a half. Okay. And this doesn't affect that Mountain West future.
0: Understandable. Understandable. That is it for our look back. Now we want to hit the games of the week. And we here at Never Punt, Never Parlay identify one game as more of a game of the week than any other game. And that is because we know they're not going to listen to us. We know they're going to punt in our faces. Last week, the Iowa Hawkeyes punted seven times while scoring just 24 points. Keep in mind they had 14 points after fewer than eight minutes, and they scored 24 points. Parker, do you know in the last four meetings between Iowa and Iowa State, they've averaged 11.75 punts combined? They're just going to ignore us this weekend, even with an under total of 36 and a half. Three of the last four games would have gone under that. The one that went over it had 44 points this game at 3.30 Eastern on Fox. To me, I'm not going to bet it officially, but I'm expecting another under because these two are going to punt until the cows come home.
1: Yeah, I think that... um... It's, it's crazy because some of these games have been decided by punts or by muffed punts too. And the margins are really, really close. I just want to take a lap here and say, uh, I think last week I said, I'm not sure that Kirk friends is not just going to say F you and, uh, Maybe that was not on this show. I don't remember at this point. I talked so much during the week, but I said, are we sure that Kirk friends is not just going to do whatever he wants anyway and ignore the 25 thing, or maybe this is an out to get rid of his son. I don't know. Maybe that's plausible. It looks like they're not concerned. Uh, if you really wanted to make sure that your OC was staying and that you guys are going to hit the mark, you would have played a little bit differently. Um, week one, but we did know that they did have Iowa state this week. They lost to Iowa state last week. I expected this to be just a uh, last year. Sorry. I expect this to just be an absolutely vintage Iowa game. Uh, Douglas, do you have a lean on this one?
0: I lean the under. Um, it- Iowa State's offense is worse than realized. It, it played okay against Northern Iowa. That's Northern Iowa. I lean the under. I know people are going to see 36 and a half in flinch. There is data that I don't have in front of me at the moment. I'm wondering where that notebook is. I think it's numbers that are 39 or lower in college football actually still go under historically. The, the math, the algorithms, whatever you want to say out of the bookmakers, they have a lower limit, and they can't make totals under that limit even when they should, like, a Iowa, Iowa State matchup. The Cyhawk is a game that is clearly an underplay, but they can't drive it. Their drive, the math won't drive low enough for them.
1: What was that? Didn't Army Navy hit like 28 or something at one point? What was the low? The it was something super. Uh, 31. Low. 31. 31. 31. Yeah, that's that's crazy, crazy low. Um, another game that I don't think the under is going to hit in is uh Texas travels to uh Alabama. Uh close game last year, Quinn Ewers gets hurt. At the beginning, um, after a pretty good quarter, Texas still keeps it pretty close uh, within striking distance. But now they and we knew that Alabama way worse away from home. Now Texas goes to Alabama as a touchdown uh, underdog. You can get that uh, seven and a half. You can get Texas, I believe. Um, and uh, and so that's kind of nice if you're if you're into that. Yeah. So, uh, again, bet river has always given us uh, interesting numbers there. But I think that. Um, this is this this to me feels like a classic case of Nick Saban's underrated. I think this is a disrespectful line for Alabama.
0: I I was waiting for you to drop your favorite forward phrase about Alabama. My curiosity this week is less about Nick Saban and more we're going to learn about both of these teams. I'm more curious to learn about Alabama because their margins in their conference are smaller. Is Jalen Milrow going to be able to perform? And we can learn so much about the SEC based on that performance this weekend. That is one game that while I'm not going to have action on, I can tell you right now, I will not put a bet on that at any point. I will have a keen eye on it. That is Saturday night, 7 Eastern on ESPN. I will have a keen eye on it just to see Alabama's quarterback play.
1: Can I throw two conspiracy theories at you? One, not even a conspiracy theory. One, don't don't worry too much about Texas – and their performance against Rice last week very clearly they were keeping a vanilla yeah. like the offense just wasn't there which i don't know there's kind of a trade off between getting reps and uh getting important like live reps and not showing alabama anything i don't know if you can is it possible that you could like keep a schematic advantage so under wraps and surprise alabama in such a way as to end the game like i'm i'm more inclined to believe that beating alabama is more about execution than it is some magic secret play yeah. in my back pocket that I'm keeping, especially when you were the OC there for a long time and they're very familiar with you. So uh, I, I think that's kind of an interesting um, take there. The other conspiracy theory, Jalen Milrow, and, I, and I've said this about Ohio state too, Jalen Milrow, not going to be the, the starter for the rest of the season. They are giving Buckner an opportunity to win it and be the hero. And so it's like Milrow and then he comes in. Do I think that's actually going to happen? But it's on the table. I think it's on the table.
0: Do you, do you, Not at all? I realize we are a podcast and podcast is a visual medium. Do you see me start shaking my head no as soon as you suggest Tyler Buckner will come in and be the hero?
1: I'm not saying it's right. po- I'm, I'm not saying it's probable. I'm saying it's a possible reality because, like No row, I don't know. I didn't love it. Very, very short, average depth to target. Uh, wasn't the accuracy wasn't wasn't great. It's, I, I I I refuse to believe that he is standing out so much as to be the decisive guy, at the answer there.
0: That could also tell you how it, he might not be standing out. What does that say about how badly <laughs> they're standing back? Tyler Buckner may that just be, be true. playing that badly that we're not seeing.
1: That, that might in be, our last that game of the fair, week, so.
0: <clears> we want to note one more game, and I, I note it because it's it's been a game I heard people talking about all preseason as a sandwich spot or a get-up-and-get-after-it spot. Oregon is a six-and-a-half-point favorite at Texas Tech, 7 Eastern on Fox on Saturday. Oregon put one on Portland State last week. Texas Tech lost in double overtime to Wyoming on the road. And that result, those two results alone, moved this line by a field goal. Game of the year lines closed with – uh, Oregon favored by three and a half, moved it by a field goal. Oregon put one on Portland state. Congrats. I'm happy for you. Bo Nix. Nice job. Texas talk was a 13 point favorite, but lost at a tough road environment in double overtime. I'm not sure a field goal reaction was the proper decision. If I can get that Texas tech plus seven at sugar house, Bet Rivers. I'm considering that. It's not a plan I'm making today, but I'm considering it. And yes, you've now heard us mention Bet Rivers three different times for having special lines for us. Bet Rivers, Sugar House are the same operation. And Parker, this is why we shop. The easiest way to improve as a sports better is to use multiple sports books and always get the best odds. We recommend using an odds comparison tool like Bet Stamp. Go to slash hit the books. Or there should be a link in the description. And then you can go ahead and sign, scan that QR code above Parker and, and you'll get a list of books to sign up for. You keep hearing us mention Bet Rivers has lines. I appreciate this from Bet Rivers. Get off by a half point, get some more action. And just because I like a line, somebody's going to see the other value of it. You can scan that QR code. You'll get easy sign up links for all those books. Use BetStamp.app hit the books to get a good odd comparison tool, become a smarter and sharper, better. We're gonna have some plays coming in right now. Parker and I each have three, and right before the show, we shop to make sure we've got the best number available because we want to make sure we're getting the best number to give us a better chance of winning on Saturdays.
1: Absolutely, that's uh, that's that's the name of the game, and that's really where you go from a uh, you know a person who. Um, Looks at lines and and throws some money at them And a person who starts investing Who starts being, you know, strategic about this Gotta shop, gotta find the best line Um, Let's talk plays Let's talk uh, some of these games I want to start out, let's start Friday We got a Friday night game, which I will reiterate Tom Allen uh, and saying football, Friday night football is for high school, and I don't like it when uh, college games are on Friday night, but I understand it has to happen. We've got uh, Illinois and Kansas, Kansas minus three, one, uh, minus 110 at FanDuel. Um, J- uh, Jalen Daniels is going to play, I think that's going to change the dynamic of this offense. Uh, you can get that FanDuel Caesars MGM, that's going to change the dynamic of this offense. Uh, one thing that I'm really looking at, um, Illinois defense wasn't wasn't great last week. Uh and and really just barely scraped out a win against Toledo. Uh 5.2 yards per carry, 2.92 yards after contact four runs of 10 plus yards, Kansas last week, FCS school, but just demonstrating the explosive theory is is theoretically there 6.2 yards per carry 3.21 yards after carry seven runs of 10 plus yards. Jalen Daniels is back. So they did all that with Jason Bean, who's an accurate enough passer, does not have the legs and the explosiveness that Jalen Daniels does. One thing I'm really looking for is the kind of where Kansas can land with these contested targets. Kansas only had three contested targets last week, Illinois forced 12, but they only had, uh, but they allowed, excuse me, seven completions on those 12 Kansas is, is, is key about getting separation and they really make you choose, you know, you're going to come up and defend Jalen Daniels, or are you are going to sit back and, uh, and 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 let him potentially run. So I think that's going to spread this Illinois defense really, really thin. Said before the season, Illinois' defense taking a big step, losing Ryan Walters, losing all those NFL guys. I'm going to trust Kansas here uh, with Jalen Daniels back, and I'm going to take three points in the Jayhawks. The only real
0: thought I have here, you mentioned right at the end, Illinois' defense might be a, a lesser proven commodity than people assume this season. Ryan Walters was the engineer of it, and, he, and now he's the head coach at Purdue. That doesn't change everything, but it changes enough that there could be value that you're finding right here. That is my only thought there. It's kind of a a uh, high-level, 30,000 feet piece of the handicap, but it plays in on a week-to-week basis, especially in September. Another coordinator change, which is sparking my first play of the day, is, is Wisconsin at Washington State. That's a 7.30 game on Saturday night. We've moved past the Friday action on the Saturday night. This over-under is at 58 and a half. And I'm taking the under at Neg 110, available at DraftKings, I believe it was. I'm taking the under. This number has has jumped. Last year, when these two met in Madison, the total on it was 49. I realized those are different teams. I realized that was a different location. But for this to jump nine and a half points, that starts to tell you that people were putting uh, putting faith in the Wisconsin offense under Phil Longo. I get it. He plays a different kind of brand. Furthermore, this this number opened at 55 and a half. The books this week set this a field goal lower, jumped up a field goal. Why? I think they're putting too much into Phil Longo. Producer Jacob tells me that I can get an even better number. I can get 59, neg 110 at, you guessed it, Sugar House. This is why we shop. This game can now end. I'm uh, 35-24, and I'd get a push. But my logic here is pretty simple. Wisconsin's going to run the ball. People hear Phil Longo, they think fast, 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 fast. They think throw, 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 throw. The guy likes to run the ball. He had 2,000-yard backs in back-to-back seasons back at North Carolina. And now he's got two great running backs in Braylon Allen and Chez Malusi. Last week, they had 40 rushes for 318 yards. Now, this is a, a pretty basic stat, uh, analytic for you, Parker. They ran the ball on 55.6% of their uh, snaps last week. Last year, it was 56%. This offense is going to run the ball as much as it did last season. We are jumping this total by nearly 10 points compared to – by 10 points since we got that better line. Jumping this total by 10 points compared to last year when Wisconsin's offense is going to do the same thing, just better because it doesn't have Graham Mertz anymore. So this game is going to be a little bit slower. Washington state has a decent to good rush defense last year it ranked number 30 and expected points added per rush against that's decent. This game is going to be a lot of running and it's not going to be as successful as it was for Wisconsin last week. That starts to make me really like this under. And now that we can even bring up the new clock rules, teams that are running the ball a lot. That's when the new clock rules matter. Clock doesn't stop after a first down for 56 minutes of the game. Teams who are running the ball a lot, like Wisconsin, that will drain the clock a little bit. I'm mostly ignoring these new clock rules, but when teams are going to be this focused on the run, like Wisconsin is going to be, despite Phil Longo being the offensive coordinator, because Phil Longo is the offensive coordinator, the totals are ripe for the picking a little bit on those unders. I'm taking that under 59, and I'm glad for it.
1: Makes a ton of sense there. I love the stylistic argument. You know, uh, always always looking out for uh, for that. And I think the clock rules um, again. It's good to think about not just the. Um, intensive margin of our teams going to um, run less or more, but kind of the extensive margin of our teams going to be changing their behavior and entering into different styles because of the clock rules. We're learning about it, and so considering that really helps think about these unders here. Um, and uh, yeah, so I think that's uh, I, I think that's prudent. Um, the second play, we're going to have two plays. They're going to be different plays, but we're not going to disagree. Uh, on on the same game here. So let's talk a little Notre Dame. Let's talk a little NC State. Uh currently I think the best line right here is uh Notre Dame minus seven at NC State. Uh that's uh 118, minus 118. You can get that at fan duel. Um, Douglas, you got kind of bullied NC State last week. Like they didn't beat them, but they made that front seven that's- look not as good as I thought it was going to be. 170 yards, 3.0 yards after contact. Um Audric Estime got the accent for you. Uh, I have it really, really big on my notes to make sure I got it right. Uh, Audric Estime, five point three nine yards after carry uh, after contact. Yes, FCS. Yes, Navy. But you've seen the guy. Uh, I think if UConn can do any kind of running against NC State. Notre Dame is absolutely going to be. Not to mention that with Sam Hartman, you do have a passing dimension that UConn certainly doesn't have either. Uh, also, uh, Armstrong last week zero out of three on balls, twenty plus yards downfield, three out of six on balls, ten plus uh, ten or twenty yards. Forty point six percent of his yards came on passes at or behind the line of scrimmage against UConn's defense. Think that's a red flag. I'm not sure things on offense are gelling as well for no, uh, NC State there, and the front seven looked like they got a little bullied. I'm gonna go ahead and take Notre Dame and ride this, uh ride this Irish offense.
0: And it's a great number you get there. That that next seven is available to my eye only at FanDuel. So you're paying a little bit of a little bit of juice to that neck 118, but nothing terrible, especially on a key number of seven. I really like this play. I'm not joining you yet. I'm still thinking it over, but along with you, I'm AC a total play on the ground game, much like that Wisconsin play. Notre Dame has audric estimate. Notre Dame has four more running backs this week. It might be only three because of a, one of them is a concussion protocol. They're going to run the ball. They're going to run the ball through NC state. You want to be, you want to want to like try to skew the handicap away from what we're saying. Sure. UConn had a 71 yard touchdown run. Go ahead. Remove that. They still gain 99 yards on 23 carries. If UConn is gaining 4.3 yards per carry on you, Notre Dame is going to gain five plus. Andre Castamay doesn't fall backward. He's too well built. There's a yard after contact every single time. That offense is going to run through North Carolina State for the most part. I was disappointed. I was looking forward to a good North Carolina State defensive front. And that's the kind of thing that I don't chalk up to week one being weird. That's the kind of thing I chalk up to you weren't ready for UConn, and that's a problem moving forward. The, the idea here is I'm going to grab the under 51. I believe it's neg 110 at Caesars, and it's the same logic. Notre Dame's going to run the ball constantly. Furthermore, last week, Brennan Armstrong, he attempted 26 passes. He ran the ball 19 times. We're just building more and more of an underplay because the ball is going to be run so many times. I'm assuming that's an under 51 and a half now at Bet Rivers. This just gets better and better for me. And it's that logic of they're going to run the ball. Notre Dame doesn't need to do anything impressive. It just has to win this game. Sam Hartman, sure, he might run a two-minute drill at the end of the first half. He's done it in the last two weeks. But he's not going to need to toward the end of the game if your spread play is coming home. It's a pretty simple thought for me there. Notre Dame's going to run the ball so stinking much. You don't love Notre Dame's run game last year. I've always argued that was quarterback skewed. This year, that run game is going to prove itself. It's running behind one of the best offensive lines. That's all we really need to worry
1: about. Yeah, absolutely, total accordance there. I think both of these are, are kind of the same angle on Notre Dame versus NC State, uh, and yeah, I think that's um, uh, that's that's one of that's one of my favorite ones out of out of what I've got this week. Um, we both have one more play. Um, And looking at time, we're doing great. I feel very, very good about that. Um, Why don't we do, uh, I'll go first. Okay, I'm going to go first. Let's talk about Virginia Tech and Purdue. Let's talk a little bit about Grant Wells. Let's talk a little bit about the Hokies. Uh, Grant Wells, three touchdowns. What key stat, what did Grant Wells not have, Douglas, for the first time in, I think, 27 games? (laughs) It's not the
0: first time. It's not, this is one of my, you're going off a tweet that I like to put out whenever I see Grant Wells' praise. Grant Wells did not throw an interception this week which means great news for Grant Wells. In the last 28 games, he's thrown only 27 interceptions. He's had some games in there with multiple interceptions. Going into the season, it was 27 games, 27 picks, and I'm not like I'm not an offensive coordinator anywhere. I'm not a quarterback's coach anywhere. Nobody pays me to coach football. I'm pretty sure 27 interceptions in 28 games is bad and now you're going to back him. Parker, I good luck.
1: Okay, what has Grant Wells never had before in his career? Well, it's not totally true. This is a reunion of that. Last year, he didn't have Jennings. okay? Virginia Tech specifically last year was concerned with getting to... Uh, getting depth, getting vertical passing, didn't feel like they were designing it up. Didn't feel like they have a dude. They go out and get Allie Jennings, 14.4 yards per reception, 4.0 yards per route run, seven, uh, seven targets there led the team. Uh, Jennings is a guy to average depth of target, 12.6 great catch radius absolutely makes it a lot easier for Grant Wells to just get it in the area code with those 50, 50 balls. Um, I think that they, their run game, you know, 43, uh, excuse me, 100, 109 yards against Old dominion, not a great team, but, uh, I really think that Purdue here is going to struggle. Um, didn't love what they did with Mikey Keene, let him sit in the pocket. I don't know if they're going to be able to pressure Grant Wells a lot. I, I would probably say that Mikey Keene's a better passer, uh, than Grant Wells, but the combination of Virginia tech defense, having, um, Excuse me. Having uh, Allie Jennings there on the uh, uh, on the outside, I really am liking Virginia Tech to just slow this down um, and, and and take some control here. Uh, Purdue let Mikey King, uh, excuse me, Mikey Keen throw for three hundred and sixty six yards uh, last week. Three hundred sixty six yards. Uh, I, I think that this could be a new rebirth for Grant Wells. I'm going to ride with Virginia Tech here.
0: I'm a little torn. Um, I was sitting in the press box on Saturday and talking to a colleague, and he mentioned he was frustrated by the Purdue-Fresno state line movement. And right at that moment, I found a sheet in my notes that I had not gotten to in the week. And on top of the sheet, all it said was, fade Purdue. And I didn't over the weekend, and I was upset that there's so many pieces of paper moving around here. As you can see, I still just live hard copies. Fade Purdue, and I didn't. So come this weekend when lines open, I'm going to confess something. I faded Grant Wells when lines opened and that line went against me by a field goal. And I'm sitting here looking like a fool, but you know what I remember? Ryan Walters, Illinois defense. Yeah. He had some better players last year. They had 24 interceptions last season. They're going to pick Grant Wells off this weekend and redeem me with Purdue this one time. It's, it's just You're backing Grant Wells against a defensive coordinator who sells and in finding interceptions. <laughs>
1: I know, I know, but uh, I think the player argument is is really, really hard to uh, to 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 um, excuse me. It's really hard to ignore the fact that they had two NFL guys uh, in that in that backfield there. Uh, I'm getting uh, getting a note here from producer Jacob. Uh, VT line is minus two and a half, minus one fifteen at DK. Sure, sure. I'm fine. With it. Feel good about it. Lock it in. <laughs> You'll
0: always take that hook for 10 cents. Absolutely. (laughs) And then we've got one play left, one where we're not going to worry about a career interception tally growing because the career interception tally I'm backing here is one. Admittedly, it was in only one game. I am, again, going to the well, known as Chip Kelly, with a multiple touchdown spread advantage, taking UCLA 13-and-a-half favorite at San Diego State. I've got that at Neg 110 at Caesars, I believe it was. And this is me coming back to UCLA a week after one week after they burned me at that 14 and a half, excuse me, draft has the 13 and a half at neg one ten. a week ago, just last weekend, they, they couldn't get me that 14 and a half. And I'm okay with that. They played Ethan Garbers for a while. Like you said, now they've got Dante Moore and boy, he looked good when he was out there. He went seven of 12 for 143 yards, two touchdowns, one interception. Those touchdowns were pretty. I don't like using that kind of word about football because it's, it's almost too simple. They were pretty. And, and now he's going against San Diego State. In my notes this week, it's fade San Diego State. And you know what? They barely got by workless Ohio. Then they, they beat FCS-level Idaho State by eight points. Real score, would been 36-21. But you know what? Early in the fourth quarter, it was 29-21. Idaho State was game. Idaho State had five passes of 20 yards or more. They had two quarterbacks play through five passes. I think the shortest of those five was 23. Five passes with 23 yards or more. Now they've got Dante Moore and those real pretty deep balls coming in, and I got to think Chip Kelly's just going to play him more and more. And until uh, the market catches up with Dante Moore, you're going to see me keep back in UCLA, even if they cost me last week. The other thought I have, and now I'm going to try not to do this. I'm trying a reformed shotgun better. This also applies to live betting. I've gotten myself in trouble sometimes thinking I'm too smart. But Dante Moore comes in. There's a live total opportunity. There's a, they're going to score more than they have been so far. It's something to think about. I'm advising myself not to do it because I get myself in trouble. But it's something to think about. I am backing Dante Moore as much as I am backing UCLA with this 13 and a half. They burned me last week. They're going to redeem it this week.
1: I love it. I love it. I, I had some, uh, I, I had some personal interest in uh, UCLA last week too, and was frustrated by the red zone struggles. Don't expect those to. Uh, to um carry over this year. And man, can you say can you say anything too bad about the San Diego State offense? I just don't know that it's possible. I don't know that you can
0: No, that's uh, why overstate. my notes this week were fade Hawaii, fade San Diego State. Hawaii's playing an FCS team, so I haven't had that chance yet. But I suspect I'm even going to pick up a money line there to live dangerously. Those are the two teams coming into this week. I thought I want to fade them no matter what. I don't care what the line is. I'm going to be on the opposite side. So to get this under two touchdowns really delights me.
1: Yeah, like it like it a lot. I think that's a good play. Um, Douglas, that concludes our plays. Let's go ahead and let's recap. And we can get out of here in a tight uh, 45 uh, minutes, which I think is great. Douglas, your plays for this week are? Uh, my plays this week begin with Wisconsin
0: at Washington State. I've got the under 59 because we shopped. We used BetStamp.app to compare books and get the best number available because that's the easiest way to have better value in your sports betting. Shop. If you really want to go to Bet Rivers real quick, Bet BetRivers Sugarhouse, depends what state you're in, they're the same operation. Scan that QR code in the top corner there, and you'll get a sign-up page for all sorts of books. You might even make us look good for the powers that be, but that's not my concern. My concern is you getting the best value. I, if I say that enough, maybe, and now we're going to say the other thing we always forget to say. If I say get the best value and we find the best value for you, maybe, maybe you'll rate, review, share, subscribe. Never punt, never parlay, part of hit the books, part of the Hammer Betting Network, rate, review, subscribe, share. Anyway, my bets, Wisconsin, Washington State, under 59, Notre Dame, North Carolina State. Under 51 and a half. Again, Sugarhouse helping me out. Both those plays are betting on the run games. And then my last play this week, UCLA, 13 and a half point favorites at San Diego State. I'm very comfortable with that up to 14. That's what they won by last week. Burned me by a hook. This week, I'll benefit by that hook.
1: Absolutely. I'm going to ride uh, with Kansas minus three uh, at home versus Illinois like the explosiveness uh, with Jalen Daniels back. I'm going to have a play on Notre Dame NC State. I'm going to take the Irish minus seven. Love that rushing game and I'm underwhelmed by NC State's defense. And finally, despite all of your warnings to the contrary, I'm going to take Virginia Tech minus two and a half against Purdue. Uh, I think the Hokies uh, can 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 make some stuff uh, happen
0: here. You want to have a beer bet? You want to have a, you want to have a beer, bet? Grant Wells does, or does not throw an interception. You want to have a beer bet? On no, give
1: me, give me, give me, give me one and a half. Not, I'll do a beer bet on one and a half, not 0.5.
0: Uh, fine. We'll make it over under one. If it's zero, you win. If it's two, I win. We can risk a push.
1: And I can push. Okay. That's a, we'll call that a beer bet. Is Grant Wells uh, doesn't throw more than one interception uh, with one being the push. Okay. I like it. That's a good one. That's fun. I'm writing that down. Um, Awesome. Okay. Well, this has we went been. Four and two uh, last never, week. Oh. Let's
0: get another four yeah. and two this week. That's my hope. Four and two last week. Let's four keep two cranking, this week. man. Let's make it happen.
1: Absolutely. This has been Never Punt Common, Never Parlay. I'm your host, Parker Fleming, and uh, this for, for Douglas Farmer. Uh, we'll see you next time.